everybody is entitled to their 15 minutes of fame. Now you'll get to hear some of those people share their wisdom and insight on the fame game on Voice America Kids. Now, here's your host, Maddie Rose. Welcome, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, and this week we have another very special guest. You're wondering who it is, and of course, it's going to be no one other than Nick Lowry. And if you don't know who Nick is, he's pretty awesome. I've known him basically since I was 12 years old. He's definitely watched me grow. Um, I did my first interview with him at a Sports Explosion event, and from there we've just kind of been connecting back and forth. But Nick is a former American football place kicker. Um, for the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New York Jets. And Nick was actually selected to the Pro Bowl not only one time, but three times. And when he retired, he was ranked first in field goal percentage and also had the most field goals in NFL history. So he also has now created his very own youth foundation, empowering kids and teaching strong skill sets. So thanks again, Nick, for joining us today. It's awesome to have you here. Well, I just think, I don't think there are too many young ladies that were doing radio at a young age that are still doing it so consistently as you. Well, thank you. And, no, seriously, in the whole country, there are probably very few people that are doing it consistently from the age of 12 to 16. They do it a little bit here and there, and Mm -hmm. that's just very impressive to see you evolve into the young leader, the powerful young leader that you are. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've been having a blast doing it. And, you know, the best part about it to me is meeting people like you. So, you know, it's a win-win situation. (laughs) Well, what would you like to talk about? All right. So my first question for you, Nick, is tell me a little bit about your past NFL career. Well, I had a very different path to the National Football League. I didn't know I was going to make it, and I actually was lucky enough to, to get into Princeton and Dartmouth and went to, ended up going to Dartmouth College and, and had, a, had a, a very good uh, college career. But I, through the process of trying to make it in the NFL, I, I had a double life. I was a legislative mm-hmm. aide for Senator John Chafee of Rhode Island uh, in between trying out with eight NFL teams 11 times. One of them was the Patriots, and I played two games with them when their kicker was hurt, a guy named John Smith. We beat the Raiders and the San Diego Chargers, but I wasn't ready for prime time. And the reason I tell that, Maddie, is Mm -hmm. like all of us, um, when we just decide to have big goals, most of the time that means we're subjecting ourselves to potential failure, to great risk, to a lot of public... um, you know, uh, analysis, and it's difficult to get used to that. And there's only one way to, to get used to it, and that's by doing it and putting yourself out there again and again. And that's really the lesson for me was twofold. One, just putting myself out there again and again would give me the chance to get used to it. And number two, the power of focus, uh, and how we learn to focus on what really matters. So mm-hmm. I ended up giving up a job working for the Senate Commerce Committee on Aviation Deregulation, believe it or not, working for Senator Bob Packwood of Oregon. Wow. And, I, and I decided to try my 12th and final time, and I'd pretty much given up. And then I just thought, you know what, I just, these Kansas City Chiefs are calling, and maybe I should try one more time. And thank God I did. I ended up playing 17 years after that, 14 with Kansas City and three with the New York Jets. And and in the off seasons, I did. I tried to do things um, you know, that were usually about community, mostly back in Washington. But that power of focus is 
the lesson I took from making it in the National Football League as a kicker where you wait on the sidelines for your chance. You wait for the opportunity to contribute in a moment of, of crisis, a moment of truth. And I think it teaches, it taught me um, how important that is, that it's so easy today for mm-hmm. all of us to get caught up in things that are less important, to get distracted and, don't, and to not stay true to our true purpose, to a higher purpose, to something that really matters. And that's why I'm so impressed with you because you stick with it. You walk your talk on a regular basis. And I think you're, in your own way, a great role model for young people uh, your age and younger, if not older as well, because, you know, you don't give up. You stay with it. Oh, well, thank you, Nick. That means a lot to me. And, you know, I think it's so great that you brought up that point. I try to, you know, emphasize that too, is that sometimes you just have to try again and again. It's not always, you know, that first time that you're going to get it. They say, you know, perfection isn't, it just doesn't come on a silver platter, you know, practice makes perfect. So in terms of what you were saying and just kind of relating to that, it's so true. Sometimes we have to just stick with things and we have to just keep applying ourselves and, and get better and better and learn after time after time. One of the things that I've been doing in the last uh, 10 years, I went back to Harvard after my career and, I, and awesome. I've been fascinated not only by the idea of development, but particular in particular about the brain. And there's a part of the brain behind the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is the part that is the last to develop in in the brain, and it's the part that helps us make choices that make good priority choices. But right behind it is a part that's a very complex area called the ACC, Mm -hmm. and it has to do with literally conditioning us through mistakes, through mistakes, and through more mistakes to orient our behavior to the things that really bring out our best. So when you said, you know, it's, it's most of the time we don't get it right the first time, we almost never get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. And it really is. All these athletes like Michael Jordan and Joe Montana, who I played in my last year with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs, they would all say the same thing, that it was really about their attitude towards mistakes that helped them achieve a greater level of, of success because they realized it was the only way to grow as a human being. I agree. So very true. And you know, that science proves that fact too. <laughs> so that's always a great thing. But um, mm-hmm. Nick, kind of like to, to go back on like your career a little bit more so is what did it okay. take in order to reach that level of success? Like what truly inspired you to, to go after that and, you know, get all of the accomplishments that you were able to <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I think another thing that inspires me is knowing that I had parents that allowed me to do what I love to do. I mean, here I was going to, to Dartmouth um, and working in the United States Senate mm-hmm. in the post-Watergate era, wow. uh, and, yet, and yet my parents knew that I had this passion to try to make it in the National Football League, and the only time that I could do that was when I was young. And I think having True. parents that quietly encourage you help you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, the right choices, and then having tremendous role models around me. I mean, literally, Maddie, I had, I'm staring right now mm-hmm. um, in my living room at the Byron, <clears throat> excuse me, Byron Wizard White Award, which is the highest humanitarian award you can receive as an NFL player. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me every day of how lucky I've been because uh, when we moved into 6803 Hampshire, Hampshire Road when I was just six years old, at 6801 Hampshire Road, the very same day, newly, newly appointed Justice Byron White mm-hmm. of the United States Supreme Court, former NFL 
star who led the National Football League in rushing twice and very close friend of a guy named John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy moved in next door. And so I had this incredible Mount Rushmore figure that cast a very positive but powerful shadow uh, wherever he went next, next door to me. And I think when you're surrounded and you're open, the big thing is you're open and you're able to notice the great people, not just the, you know, the Supreme Court justice, but sometimes they may be just the janitor that mm-hmm. has a, an appreciation for every detail in life. When you're open to those positive influences, and I think because I had parents that loved me too, I think those things um, built and encouraged a part of me that wanted to pursue greatness, that wanted to pursue meaning more than greatness, more than the ego of greatness in that sort of narcissistic sense of look at me, uh, more about what is the lasting sense of doing the best you can with what you have in your life. And um, I have to say, uh, the, the tragedy of losing John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King of the 60s, I still feel their incredible optimism and idealism, and I see it in so many kids today. So, so if you can uh, follow my answer, it's that mm-hmm. I was lucky to have great parents, lucky to have great people around me and being open to it and feeding off that, and then just turning that into giving that same gift to every young person, every person that, as much as I can that I meet in my life. Yeah, and I commend you for that. And what you said, everything truly hits home because, you know, I was blessed and I am blessed to, you know, grow up with parents who are very supportive of anything that I want to do. So that's just like relating to kind of your circumstance as well. And then knowing that like the inspirations that I have are are out there. I have mentors that are pushing me, that are moving me in a positive direction. And, you know, that just truly makes a difference. So I totally get what you mean. So that's pretty awesome. And, and every day, every day has that interesting uh, combination of adversity, mm-hmm. of failure, and of learning and growing and transcending. And so it's never about finding a way to avoid the mistakes and failure. It's much more every day just about being able to deal with the adversities better. Um, and, and as an athlete, I will say this too, it's really important with all the terrible mm-hmm. uh, public pub- publicity around NFL players, there's so many players that have huge hearts and do enormously good things, um, but we live in an era where the focus is so easy to get caught up in the negative things that are happening. And I just want to reaffirm that the great majority of players in the National Football League and athletes that I've met have huge hearts mm-hmm. and want to do the right thing. And, um, you know, I- I'm honored to know, to know them, and, and I know that uh, for the most part, out of all of this negativity is going to come uh, an era where we reaffirm that the best thing about being an athlete is not about our, our ego. It really is about reaffirming our spirit and God's gifts to us. Absolutely, and that's wonderful to hear. So, Nick, we're going to have to cut this segment for now, but we'll have some more questions for you. So keep it right here, guys. You're listening to The Fame Game. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? 
If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose. So we're still here with Nick. And um, we were just, you know, talking about a whole bunch of things, mainly on how he got his NFL career started and, you know, the support that he's been given and was blessed to have and just kind of what it took to reach that level of success and what truly inspired him to, you know, go after everything and just truly the accomplishments that he has been able to achieve. So, Nick, my next question for you is to kind of top it all off and say, you know, how did it feel to be inducted into the National Football League's Hall of Fame in 2009? That must have been, you know, quite quite, quite the award. Well, let me make sure that I get this right. I was inducted in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame, and my name is on the Arrowhead Stadium mm-hmm. Wall of Fame, and, and every home yes. game, uh, at least one of my friends will take a picture and send it to me. That's awesome. I was actually, by coincidence, nominated again uh, for the National Football League Hall of Fame just a couple days ago, and that's exciting. Um, the only kicker, so-called pure kicker in the NFL Hall of Fame is a guy named Jan Stenard, who mm-hmm. uh, ironically and coincidentally Incidentally, is the one that I beat out at the heart of his career and broke all of his records. So I would love to make it in the National Football League Hall of Fame. But once again, you know, that's not in my control. What's in my control is just to celebrate these opportunities and keep growing from them. But it's, it's the greatest feeling in the, in the world. And, and if I could share a picture, I'll just draw it for you with my, with my words. Is Imagine getting my twin sister, Annie, my older brothers, who are also twins, and all their four children, eight in a row, and my twin sister's husband, who was my best friend in eighth grade, Scott Mesa, all of them wearing jerseys, number eight Lowry jerseys, all mm-hmm. on the, the middle of the field in Arrowhead Stadium at halftime against the Dallas Cowboys, and sharing that moment with them. That ability to share those wonderful moments is what it's all about. So that's, that's the greatest thing. I, I'm getting a little teary just Aww. because it was, that to me is, you know, when you share it with the people you love, it has a hundred times the meaning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's such a cool story to tell. I mean, that, I can only imagine, you know, the emotion that you were going through and all the excitement and, you know, the adrenaline, that adrenaline rush that you get. That's, you know, there's nothing better than that. So that's pretty cool. 
<laughs> and you know, absolutely, yeah. And so, kind of leading into that a little bit more, would you consider that your overall highlight of your career, or what would you consider? You know, it's funny. People want to hear highlights, and I would, I would, I shy away from that a little bit. There, there's mm-hmm. so many highlights. I mean, kicking the game-winning field goal in 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 three Pro Bowls, um, kicking the game-winning field goal to beat the Steelers in the playoffs uh, in uh, 1994 playing in the AC Championship game, playing with Joe Montana. Uh, But, you know, really, the biggest thing to me, the biggest highlight is realizing the emptiness of of having those successes and not deliberately sharing it with everybody that matters to you. And to me, that's the most important thing by far is – is at a younger age than some people, because a lot of people, Maddie, will work mm-hmm. and work and work and do great so things. True. And then suddenly they're 50 and 60 and they've sacrificed so much and they achieve their goal, mm-hmm. but they feel an emptiness because it's part of their goal. They didn't include when I'm there in that, whatever that mountaintop is for them, whatever that big achievement or record is, they didn't include in their goal that at those moments, the people that mattered most to them were with them, that they could share it with them. Because without that, and I, I just remember kicking the game-winning field goal in the 1981 Pro Bowl, which was actually in February of 82. And Steve Largent, the future Hall of Famer, was holding for me, and, and Earl Campbell and Dan Fouts and all these Hall We had 17 Hall of Famers in that game. And I remember kicking the game-winning field goal and all the press in the locker room. But as soon as that locker room started to empty out, mm-hmm. I noticed this emptiness. And, and sure, my best friend on the Chiefs, Bob Grupp, was there, and we went and had dinner. But yeah. I thought to myself, what is missing? And, and, it, and at dinner, I realized, well, of course, my mom and dad aren't here. And yeah. my, my twin sister isn't here, my friends. So I made a vow at the age of 20, how old was I then? 25. I said, I'm going to invite all of the people I love and that have loved me and supported me in good times and bad to share in these moments from now on if I'm ever lucky enough to come back. And so what's really wonderful, Maddie, is that I was able to come back and it was all pro seven times, but I was only back in the Pro Bowl twice, but I got to kick the game-winning field goal. The difference was in those other two games, (laughs) Mm -hmm. all my family was there. And, and, And those are moments, both my parents have passed away, and yet I know that I share those moments with them and I have pictures of that. And that's the richness of life. And anybody that's listening, if you have a huge goal, make sure you write down, I'm going to share my victories with my coaches, my teachers, my parents, my friends, the people that were always there for me. And it will make your life a thousand times more rich. I completely agree. And, you know, that's so awesome because sometimes we need to we need to visualize our goals. And I completely agree with what you just said. You know, write them down. That's what I do with my goals. I write them down. I list them down. I say, this is who I'm going to think. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is the time frame that I want to do it in. And it's just it just kind of gives you a new perspective on it. And I think that that's the wonderful thing about goals is that, you know, there's not really a time frame for it. It's just kind of you go with it. You know, and when things happen to us, what happens then is, um, I think really the definition of of wisdom is Mm -hmm. setting ourselves up so that when things happen to us, we can't control everything that happens to us, but we can control how we perceive it 
and what we do with it. We can always control that. And as we gain in wisdom, to me, the wisdom is simply being able to see things in a better light. So, for instance, for me, my challenge this week I wrote down is when somebody's done something really bad to me, really mean to me, you know, who, you know whether it was deliberate or not, I'm trying to challenge myself to get past the disappointments and think to myself, what is it in that person that's happened that's made them make that choice? Mm-hmm. And that is a very, very difficult thing to do. Because in life, even when we have lots of great friends, there will be times when we're let down. And, of course, we have to turn around and say, well, wait a minute. When have I let other people down as well? True. When have I not been that person for those people? So those are things that, that come only with time. And so as I think about the trade-off of age versus, you know, wisdom, I, it's hard for me to say I really want to be younger if it, if it means I, I can't apply all the new lessons of appreciating life, even those things that in the moment can be very hurtful. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think it's pretty fair to say that your whole, you know, NFL career basically impacted and shaped your entire life forever. Is that, am I right in saying that? Well, I think the journey of not only the games, Maddie, but managing your life during and around those games. Look at all these players. Today, Rex Chapman was, Mm -hmm. uh, or yesterday, was arrested for $14,000 of of shoplifting at an Apple store. Rex Chapman was one of the more classy players in NBA history and played with the Suns. And what could have happened to him that 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 would take place? Those challenges are there always in life. So the lessons are not just the games. The games become the prism where we can have the opportunity to learn the right things. But in the, or outside of the, the lines of the playing field are the very unscripted, chaotic lessons uh, and happenstances that we aren't always prepared for. And how do we deal with when we're driving and we, that guy cuts us off in traffic or whatever it is that, that set ourselves up for being upset, mm-hmm. knock us, that knock us off our game. Um, and that's the hard thing. So I think football, yes, football absolutely gave me the opportunity to have skill sets, getting back to that notion of focusing on the right things. And then I'd add the, the next thing, which is crucial, which is that, in, that dialogue, that conversation, Maddie, we have with ourselves every day of our lives, every second, which is you know, God, what is my purpose in life? Mm-hmm. What is the true passion? What are the gifts you've given me? Help me to honor those things every day better and better. Because if I do those two things, if I focus and I ask for God to give me that sense of what really matters and that clarity, then his purpose for me is crystal clear. And then I'm able to make better choices no matter how difficult it can be. Absolutely. You are so right in that. So, so very right, Nick. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and take a short break. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Thing. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. 
Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. the world concerns you is it future success is it world issues are you just looking to change the world in general tune into what up world it doesn't matter who you are where you come from or what you look like everyone is entitled to the same chance for success follow your dreams move forward make a difference tune into what up world every friday at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. It's kids and cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. If you missed the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, still here with Nick Lowry. So, again, just talking about his career and 
the the highlight of it all, the the journey and all, and um, also just how it's impacted and shaped his life and just all the great and goodness that has come out of that. So now, Nick, let's get into your Nick Lowry Youth Foundation. Tell me how you got started with that, because I think that's such a cool thing to do. Well, speaking of coming out of adversity, um, you know, believe it or not, Maddie, there was a world back in 1982, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was playing in it, <laughs> and it was the first major NFL strike. And back then, the average NFL salary was was tiny. And uh, players, you've heard about the concussion issues. None of those things were even on the horizon. It was a very, uh, it was still such a blessed thing to be able to play in the NFL. But uh, out of that strike, there was the beginning of a, a more fair uh, sharing of the the benefits of the National Football League. And you have those things today because of that first strike to some degree. And, but at the same time, people were like, you football players, you know, you're so greedy and it's a game. Mm-hmm. And, and so out of that, I thought, I want to make a statement. I want to stick a flag in the sand and say, no, we're about more than that. And so out of that started Kick With Nick for Cerebral Palsy. My aunt, Margaret, had grown up with cerebral palsy, and yet she oh, had wow. transcended her challenge with, with spasticity and movement and walking and speaking. She'd gotten a college degree. She'd been college librarian at the University of Utah. She'd become a professional writer. And, you know, actually, uh, at the age of 80, in the, the 12th year of Kick With Nick for Cerebral Palsy, my aunt was awarded the Citizen of the Year for Utah. And I just, that program was so awesome. Sorry not to get emotional thinking about it because mm-hmm. every day that I was, you know, complaining about the food at the locker room or my socks were dirty or something really trivial, um, you know, because you can get caught up in that, that the things that really, once again, don't matter. Mm-hmm. What, a gr- what a great way to stay balanced, to go down to United Cerebral Palsy and, and celebrate with LaSadra Craddock, who is our our third poster child for Kick with Nick for Cerebral Palsy, who had just learned to tie her shoes. Oh, and it spent awesome. literally three years learning how to tie her shoes and seeing the joy on her face. And so from there, it just it was just fed off of that. Jack Rudney, our, our, our captain, mm-hmm. one of the toughest guys on the team, somebody that my mother, who is British, said, he reminds me of Bluebeard the Pirate. He was a, a really tough guy. Yet he, would, he would bring me to events for Olympics, and I saw this really, really tough guy cry, tears of joy, working with these young people who had so much taken from them but were the most loving, most full of joy people you could ever meet. And so all of those things just fed off each other. Towards the end of the 80s, uh, I started to work in uh, drug abuse policy. I worked in the off-season for President Reagan in the Office of Drug Abuse Policy and started to work with youth programs that sort of turned the notion of disability from not just being physical but being mental, emotional, spiritual, just not having those things. I was lucky enough to have the unconditional love that, that surrounded me and the great role models. How could we bring those great role models and that love and that acceptance and encouragement to more kids? And um, so everything evolved from there. And we started a program with the mayor of Kansas City, called uh, Adult Role Models for Youth, which uh, made it easier for people that watch the news and see murders and see horrible things happening and yet aren't given a chance to do something with that anger, Mm -hmm. with that sadness, with that frustration. And and that's still, it's so funny. We started that in 1989, and here we are 25 years later, a quarter 
of a century later. And every reason why we started that program is more important today than ever. People want to make a difference. They do care. And to me, I guess what it's evolved into is looking at empathy. Empathy is essentially God's uh, connective currency of love. How do we improve our ability to connect and feel, not just sympathy, but empathy, feel what other people are feeling so we are really connected in God's spirit in a much more universal way? And so today, uh, it's leadership. We do Champions Against Bullying now, which is mm-hmm. all about empathy That's in awesome. schools with kids. Instead of looking at their phone you know, 24 hours a day, they're looking in the eyes of the person next to them that may not be like them, that may initially be kind of different and kind of annoying to them. And suddenly they look deeper and they see and learn this beautiful human being has been sitting next to them who they've ignored for half the school year. And just by reaching out and sitting with them at lunch, maybe some new truth has appeared to them. So that's where my fascination is today. And so being able to bring Champions Against Bullying and, and now we're beginning to work on this subject of, of sexual assault on campus and these domestic violence issues, which are connected, which is really, you know, how do we, you see it with the NFL players recently, how do we build cultures mm-hmm. of respect and empathy um, in, a, in a society where everybody's going their own way, where everybody's in a little niche? They're focusing on their studies. They're focusing on getting from home to work, work to home. They're focusing on just getting by. How do we help people still remember that the juice of life is how we remain and notice and feel connected to each other? Absolutely. And, you know, my favorite part is how you have a big heart for community service and giving back and, you know, just being there for other people. Like you said, it's amazing to me to hear those types of stories when the strongest, most toughest person that you would think that wouldn't even shed one little tear cries when, you know, a little girl with cerebral palsy learns to tie her shoe for the first time. And that warms my heart completely. So I think it's those types of stories that truly just give us hope, you know, that people are making a difference and we truly are concerned about our world's issues. And, you know, and every day, I know you do it a hundred times a day. Every, that's the juice is, uh, is giving that. I, I, I've never really liked as much as uh, some people hang it forward as the phrase, but, mm-hmm. but the, still the idea is the same thing, is that the juice comes in that gesture, and those are things that are priceless and without price, and they're the things that never stop. They're the things that always give. Those are the mm-hmm. things that we'll look back, and always, they can't be compromised. They won't be compromised. Those feelings of, of love and meaning and contribution and connection those are the things we want to have when we're on our deathbed or we're on our rocking chair when we're 110 years old like you and I are going to be, looking <laughs> back and saying, hey, we did some great stuff, and, and what are we going to do tomorrow, Maddie? Exactly. What are we going to do tomorrow? It's just the possibilities are endless, and I love to challenge people to do that too because people are all like, oh, well, you know, like you said, that phrase, well, we pay it forward. Well, it's not just for one period of time. You can constantly pay it forward, even if it's just one small act of kindness that you can do a day, it still counts as making a difference. Like just holding a door open for an an old lady or for anybody that's coming in or maybe smiling yeah. at a yeah. friend in the hallway. You know, those are all small yeah. things that truly make the world a better place. And, and this isn't uh, in the context that 
I always make the right choice. But mm-hmm. it is that I'm noticing these things more, and I, they feed me more. So speaking to exactly what you just said, I work out at L.A. Fitness mm-hmm. at uh, McCormick Ranch, and I made it a deliberate policy uh, about six months ago, eight months ago, that every single time I go there, if there's somebody walking up, I always hold the door for them. Always hold the door for them. And if there's a person right behind them, I keep holding it. So the interesting thing is, Maddie, I'm not saying it's because of me, mm-hmm. but there, every time I go there now, people are holding the door open for somebody else, and I did not notice that before. So, you know, it's just so cool to see how it becomes infectious. And it's not that holding the door open for someone is going to change the world mm-hmm. uh, right away in terms of, you know, provi- ending all poverty and all yeah, evil. Yeah, absolutely. It does, it does mean that one more person has tasted that for that one day. And that might mean a great deal in that moment. And, and that is supremely important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it always comes into that factor, too. We have something at school called Mix It Up Day. And it's really a day that's dedicated out to breaking down barriers and connecting with everybody in the school and just, you know, being one and being kind to each other. And it's that one thing, too, like you don't know the other person's circumstances. So, for example, that lady that you held the door for, she could have been gone through something terrible or she might have been having a bad day and you just made it that much better because you held the door door for her just that just that little thing and uh anyway thank you but it's just it's a gift to me that's the point you know mm-hmm. and that's as, as athletes we have to we <laughs> we yeah. have to reorient ourselves and say wait a minute i didn't do that that was god teaching me yeah that i have within my power that joy that he has available mm-hmm. and so i and, and so you know getting over again the narcissism which is a harsh word to some to, for some people but mm-hmm. it's it's realizing that it's always that choice between the gratification of the ego the the title the award the trophy which i sure love getting i love setting records but then seeing what's the deeper richer what's the finer wine what's the stuff that only tastes better and gets better Very cool, Nick. And we're going to go ahead and cut this segment for now, and we'll come back with some final questions. But for now, keep it right here. You're listening to The Face. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. 
Maddie Rose here with Nick Lowry. So this is our final segment. So as you know, there is going to be a featured song of the week at the end. But like I always tell you, you're going to have to wait to the end to figure out which one is picked for this week. But um, we were just having a really great conversation, Nick, uh, you know, about, you know, being kind all the time and just doing little acts of kindness and and in a sense, quote unquote, paying it forward and really doing our part. And so that kind of went into coalition with the Nick Lowry Youth Foundation, how we got into the conversation of it all. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the the many programs that it offers. I know that they have something else. We talked about the Champions Against Bullying. We also have, I heard, Building for Native Youth. And um, there's Next and Leadership Training. And then you also have like Global Village Champion. So tell me a little bit about all that. Well, um, Champions for the Homeless is with St. Vincent de Paul's, and actually we're going to announce on Tuesday that uh, Century Provisions is going to be donating an extra $1,500 of Deli Best meats. So that's going to be $150,000 of meats over the next two years to help feed the homeless at St. Vincent de Paul's. And we do something every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, and every Easter with my friend, the Country Hall of Famer, Jesse Coulter, the wife of the late, great Waylon Jennings, and Ray Herndon, the star of Handlebar Jays, and Bob Corator, the owner and star over there at, at the Rhythm Room. And we celebrate. We get 15, 20, 30 NFL players and sometimes some basketball players, sometimes some hockey and baseball players, and we hand out gift certificates and, and, uh, and flowers and just love on the homeless there. And that's that same thing about... Gosh, if we give an environment where there's a sense of just unconditional love, it's unbelievable to see the layers of pain and the scars of life just melt away, even if it's just for a few hours, a couple hours, for people that are living on the streets in the most difficult times of their lives. Um, Champions Against Bullying, mm-hmm. the program now, we, we're coming on to 75 schools. We're working with the Washington School District uh, this year, and we're working with, um, talking with, Flagstaff School District and Phoenix Union Hills District and, and districts across the country. And that's building that, that sense of empathy that children celebrate reaching out to the kids in the shadows of the school. If you study what happened at Columbine and some of these school shootings, mm-hmm. there was often this toxic social environment where some, some folks, very often, frankly, the football players in the high schools, were kind of bullies to other people that weren't supposedly so cool because they weren't football players. And uh, if you look at one of the great paying forward examples in this country in the last two years, it is, to me, the Queen Creek football team. And we have a video at nicklowry.org. You go to the bullying page, you can watch this Mm -hmm. video. It's all about Queen Creek's football team and their stars and their backups and everyone in between and their coaches creating this culture, reaching out to the kids, uh, and sitting with the kids, in this case, Shai Johnson, who is developmentally disabled, just sitting with her at lunch and watching her blossom, becoming their biggest fan, and her incredible innate ability, rather than her disability, her ability to perceive the uniqueness in each of those players. And they, I don't believe, uh, by any coincidence, went from being a very good team to being the only undefeated team in the state of Arizona. And they were featured in Sports Illustrated. They were featured on ESPN. And they invited me to speak at their, their uh, championship banquet. And I'm standing there next to the state championship trophy, Maddie. 
And I tell them the story about how this comes full circle, that the mentor that I had, and I know you've got mentors in your Mm -hmm. life, and Terry Damone, we send a big hug and love your way, my friend. You're one of those mentors to so many. Well, I had a mentor named Dick Johnson. And the first day he started coaching me and kicking as a junior at St. Albans School in Washington, D.C., he said, you know, the reason I'm here is that six weeks ago, this young man, every time I tell the story, I get choked up. Mm-hmm. Six weeks ago, he said, this young man appeared to me I hadn't thought of in 55 years. I'm 68, and when, he was, wow. when I was 13, this kid got bullied every day, and I finally had had enough, and I just stood up and said, hey, leave him alone. Yeah. If you do this any more times, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna have to deal with me. And he said, on my deathbed, I had hepatitis B2 six weeks ago. I knew I was gonna die. And this kid appeared out of nowhere, and he said, you know, Dick, you stood up for me when no one else could. You turned around my life. I'm here to tell you, you're not gonna die. God bless you. And and his every moment that he was with me, coaching me, and I know I wouldn't have made it in the NFL without that man encouraging me. And being open, by the way, being open to mm-hmm. him. But it was so easy to because he had the sense that God was in the room, that purpose was in the room every single moment. So that's where paying it forward comes back, like I said, a thousandfold in helping us live better lives. I love that, Nick, so very much. This is such you know, a powerful conversation, and I'm so glad that you brought it here to the fame game, of course. And um, my last thing for you is just if others would like to contact you or learn how to get more involved with your foundation, how can they do that? It's really simple, and thanks for doing such a great job of, of asking those questions. It's, it's nicklowry.org or nicklowryfoundation.org if you want to type it all out, N-I-C-K-L-O-W-E-R-Y. Dot org, and you can look at, we have about eight videos, on, a number on the front page of the website, um, that, a recent interview with NBC, by the way, a recent wonderful article in the Phoenix Business Journal, if you want to see more about what we do, and some videos there, and then tell us, hey, Nick, come to our school, like Maddie, I'd love to come to your school, Absolutely. whatever school it is, elementary schools are the best, but high schools we did, I did Horizon High School last year with Nicole Stanton, the wife of the mayor, who really believes in this anti-bullying um, movement, um, but just call us if you want to, you know how Little League teams are uh, adopted by people? Adopt yes. the school and say, I want to bring Champions Against Bullying to my kid's school or to the school I used to go to. That's awesome. Well, we'll see it through, Nick, that you can come to my school and hopefully everybody else's as well. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for joining us and you know, it's been a pleasure to reconnect with you and um, I look forward to working with you more. And I'll see you tonight at the Wonderful Fatherhood event. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Thanks again, Nick. Maddie. All right, everybody. So with that Bless being you. said, you know the drill. It's going to be the featured song of the week. And this, this week's featured song of the week is Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. I think it's perfect to end on a high note. So here it I is. Say I'm too late. Got nothing in my brain.
America Kids Radio Network. This show has been produced by the Kid Star Radio Network for Voice America Kids. And again, thanks for listening. And up next is a song of the Thank you again for listening to the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to join Maddie Rose again next week for another great show. Arizona and host of Bookworm. The Kid Store album of the month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Three Kids in the Car. Three kids in the car on a Monday morning. Each one wishing that the others weren't born. And I can't say nothing because they've all been scorned because their mother's done had enough. And the sister's sitting in the front seat. 
who at this point of the song you need to realize is about three months away from getting her driver's license. She's thinking to herself, I can't believe that I'm still riding with them. I hope that we're not seen by some of my friends. And if by chance I fail the driver's exam, then I am running away. Three kids in a car on a Monday morning, each one wishing that the others weren't born. And I can't say nothing because they've all been scorned because their mother's done had enough. And the brother's sitting behind her, who at this point of the song you need to realize is about five years younger than she is, but he's still about two years older than his little brother sitting next to him. He glares down at his little brother and he's thinking to himself, I can't wait till our sister's finally gone. Then I'll sit up front cause that's where I belong. And I'll be rid of you, you miserable worm. Why don't you just run away? Three kids in a car on a Monday morning. Each one wishing that the others weren't born. They can't say nothing cause they've all been scorned. Cause their mother's done bad enough. brother who at this point of the song you need to realize is a whole lot smarter than the other two think he is he glares back up at his big brother and he's thinking to himself I know that there's nobody back in the trunk you only try to scare me with all that junk I hope you read my mind I think you're a skunk and guess what I'm not running And the dealers weren't born And they can't say nothing Because they've all been scorned Because their mother's done had enough And the mother who's been driving all this time She's thinking to herself Things that I'd better not say So we'll just pretend that she's thinking month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kidstar website www.kidstar.org.